Welcome, folks. Welcome back to Planet Paranormal Roundtable. <laughs> we, what did, when did we add planet? We just decided to have our own planet now. You know how we conquered Austin and we yeah. gave ourselves the awards and all that? Yeah. Well, people were like, you can't just give yourself awards unless the whole planet agrees. So what's so the next step? We took, over, we took over the planet. Well, are we going to universe next? Oh, you talking about? Well, we got to get the solar system first. Okay. I was thinking like Venus. We're going to get a trophy for that too, though. Right? That's right. All right, we're going to have we all go. kinds of trophies. Trophies all from right. every planet. Yeah, that's it. We'd be like Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon. They're just going to have Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, savior of the the universe. universe, and then I'm going to come out and just going to be like Hell, <laughs> Wolf, Hell. Oh yeah, and Sal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I don't, I, I don't mind floating behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll be like Ming. Yeah, uh, and I'll come out, and all my planets come out and give me trophies for being such a good talk show. <laughs> that's awesome, ridiculous. Awesome. We're, we're, we're ridiculous, folks. We know that. Yeah, yeah we, that's that's we, why we got somebody like Lon to come on and, and balance us out. When you, yeah, when you got somebody like Lon, you know that last that last session we had with him. Oh my god, you know, just so much, and it's so it's a va- a lot of uh, he has a lot of stuff. <sighs> I mean, so we couldn't cram it all into an hour, two hours, you know, no it just way. wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, so we're doing it's another. it's not just one topic. Have you noticed that? It's just, it's a whole plethora of a mm-hmm. bunch of. His experiences. Yeah. And then he talks about the different reports he's got. Yeah. And, it's, and a, it's just, and, and he's got years upon years worth of stuff that's been sent into him. Mm-hmm. Years and years of stuff that he's, you know, he's had the pleasure of investigating himself or or some of his teammates that he's got with his 40 mm-hmm. group so you know it's just yeah it's we, we hope that we could be there one day be as be like a successful yeah, that'd be great man that'd be great that's, that's i just our need goal. somebody to write a bite the books for me i just i'm too lazy to do it you need a wordsmith huh i can't i can't type or because my hands folks my fingers have all been broken from boxing and so you just do the yeah a chicken peck there you go and, and, and it's so frustrating like People that, that are close to me, well, like Anthony, you see me do it and you say it annoys you. <laughs> He's like, I don't like watching you type. No. Isn't that what you say? That's what my kids say to me. That's okay. Yeah, it's hard to watch. <laughs> he says that I, I'm sitting there like, hurry up and finish writing. It's a three letter word. Oh just, my gosh. <laughs> Come on, it ain't that bad. You know All what? I'm right. technologically impaired. I'm like uh, the Amish. Yeah, very I'm, much so. Yes, it's very annoying. Awesome. Wow. So wow! So there you go, folks. From from you heard it from the mouth of the millennial. There you go. Yes. So with that said, you know, let's give them the email real quick, and then, gosh, we can dive right into the you know this episode with Lon because Lon, Lon's waiting in the wings. Das Wolfman at Gmail dot com and Wolf or Das Wolfman eighty eight at Gmail dot com. And Wolf and Sal at gmail.com. See, I'm so I'm so old that yeah, I didn't yeah. even I forgot the eighty-eight on there, Shiny. There you go. It's okay, Pappy. That's so, why you got me. All right. <laughs> well, wow. anyways, folks, send us your stories. Hateful millennials. We want to hear. You know, you got two emails to choose from. Send us your stories. We want to hear them. And we want to put them on the show. So with that being said, let's dive right back let's in. Let's get with back Lon. into it. Here's a here's a crazy story. I'm not going to get into a whole long because you 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 know your stories are what we're here yeah. for. But there was a story that was given to me out of Caldwell, Texas, and I've gotten some weird reports in that area. And a kid told me, well, he's not a kid. I don't want to call him a kid. I'm sorry to call you that. His name is Larry. He's actually a good guy. But uh, 
he's in his late twenties. So I guess to me, he's a kid because yeah. I'm like an old man. Here. Yeah, same here. But <laughs> well, we're old guys. But you know, to, to, to us, a 28 year old is a kid. A kid okay, yeah. but but anyway, he said that his grandfather told him that his dad had told him a story, which would be that's that the would kid's great grandfather, his grand great great grandfather. Yeah, which so he had said that at one time. This was back when he was a boy, so it would have been when his great grandfather was a kid, and that, and I think I think he said it was the the late eighteen hundreds or early nineteen hundreds, and that he was they were in town doing something, and that this giant wolf like creature got loose, and that it mauled a woman in the street, and that the local law enforcement had to come out and they shot it several times to get it off of her. And it got up and it ran on two legs. And he said that there is an actual newspaper report of this. Now, he's never – I haven't – because I just got this report like a few days ago. I haven't gotten – in fact, I haven't even gotten to show you yet, Armando. Mm. But this the the email that he sent me was crazy. And it said that, 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 that the thing ran away on two legs and that this woman didn't die, but that she was badly wound, badly hurt and that she lost the use of her arm. And this guy said that his, he saw this as a kid, like he saw it happen and it was like freak, you know, it freaked everybody out. Now, rural Texas back in the late 1800s, there was, there were horses. They weren't no- Horse-drawn carriages. Yeah, there was no cars, there was nothing. And you had to have been that, in Austin to get one of those steam engines by then. The yeah, Stanley you might have been the engine, family, yeah. the, 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 the fancy ones, but yeah. yeah and back, you know, Caldwell, that's out in the middle yeah, of nowhere. That's in the sticks, so they had horse drawn carriages. It's still in the sticks. They may yes. still use horse, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, the, like it, they, he was saying that the horses were rearing up and that he was freaking out and that there were people moving everywhere and that he saw, all he saw was like a giant wolf-like creature on top of, a, of something. And he couldn't tell, and it was shaking whatever it was. And then it got up and then it ran. Now, I know that there, the rumor was, according to him, that it was a Native American who was angry at, about something. And it attacked this woman because her husband had done something. And they, they claimed that that was the revenge, that it was sent as a revenge or something. Sounds like Skinwalker to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's just crazy that that wasn't, he said it was in the middle of the town, Main Street. Like, I don't know. That's just crazy. There's not a lot to Caldwell anyways, but. Well, yeah, but I mean, there were people there in broad yeah, daylight Street, in the middle yeah. of the day doing feed, buying feed and stuff. That's yeah. what he was in town for. They were, right. they were, they were. Buying supplies. Buying for supplies or whatever for the farm they lived on and that this had happened and that there was some, some uh, predation of cattle that had gone on pr previous to that. Yeah. Well, you know, these old, these old accounts in newspapers. Uh, when they try to report a, a Bigfoot, it's it's usually described as a wild man or a deranged black man that got loose somewhere. That's that's you know, and if you look at them from the 1800s, that's usually the way they're described. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I've I've heard that a lot. That if you want to do research on old um, Sasquatch reports or old anything cryptid you, you've got to look for the the buzzwords the keywords such as you know wild man wild savage hairy hairy man wild hairy man things of that nature the more creative you are with putting those words are uh putting those words together i would i would i would venture to say that you'd be a lot more successful than just putting bigfoot out there because they well, didn't use that oh, word yeah. <laughs> most print news was tabloid back then anyway. oh yeah yeah like <laughs> but lon you lon you had a, a an encounter with a bigfoot that looked neanderthal like and mm -hmm. but you said you had had a, more than one cryptid encounter right 
Yeah, I did. I had an encounter back in 88, which, strangely enough, uh, kind of mirrors what people were seeing in Chicago. Really? You want to tell us about that? Yeah, please elaborate on that. That sounds okay. really interesting. This was, um, uh, this happened in autumn of 1988. I had actually hooked up with a guy I went to school with. And uh, he was a scout master up here in Pennsylvania, but I was living down in Baltimore then. So he had been, he was at an exhibition outside of Baltimore representing um, some of the troops in his area. Well, anyway, uh, we hadn't seen each other for many years. So we just started talking and we sat down. And he remembered me doing the paranormal investigations when I was a kid. So, he was very aware of it. So he, he told me, he said, you know, I got something that's been going on. He said, a few of the local troops had been camping up by the old Camp Conawago. And, and some of the boys have been reporting hearing crying sounds. They were spooked bad enough. And a few of them left their uh, campsites early. And uh, he said that he and a friend were going up there the next weekend and try to figure out what's been going on. So he asked me, he said, no, you want to go along? I said, yeah, I'll come up. I, you know, I figured I'd go up and just look around for half a day and, and come on home, but it didn't work out that way. So, um, I met those guys on a Friday and, uh, you know, he asked me, he said, well, we're going to stick around all the weekend. He said, do you want to do you, know, you want to stick around as well? They had a tent for me and said, okay, well, I'll stick around. So oh, we they, went in. They baited you in, the didn't they, Lon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went into the woods and uh, we set up the three tents, got camp, go, you know, all set up and everything. And by that time, it was about seven in the evening. So we all stuck around the campsite. We were sitting around the fire just talking and such. So. Nothing happened that night, really. I mean, the only thing that was was strange was uh, now we had three three tents. We were all in each each of us were in a tent. But uh, when we woke up the next morning, the other guy had stated that he he heard something walking around the campsite, and quite frankly, I had heard it too. But I thought it was one of them had got up, maybe relieved himself or something. So I didn't think any of it. So, I mean, it didn't look like anything was moved around the campsite. So we didn't think much of it then. So anyway, we got up next morning, pretty nice day, decided we're going to go out and start looking around the area. And, you know, we were out in the woods all day. Now, these woods are, are real thick, too. And there's a lot of game and a lot of wildlife in this area. This is uh, Camp Conawago, which is actually... Oh, I'd say about 10 miles northeast of Gettysburg. It's in Adams County. So um, I used to go there a lot when I was a kid in Boy Scouts. So um, when we got back to the camp, we sat down to eat, and we were sitting around the campfire talking about football, quite honest with you. And uh, we suddenly heard a scream coming from downstream. Now, this was around... 11 o'clock. At first, I thought it sounded like an owl scream because, you know, everybody talks about hooting out, but they will scream sometimes. 
But a few minutes later, it happened again, and it distinctively sounded like a child screaming. So, you know, I couldn't tell how far away it was, but, you know, it lasted for several seconds and kind of seemed to fade in and out. So we got out, walked a few yards in the woods, expecting to hear again, but it was quiet. And, you know, we didn't hear anything else for a while, so we were still sitting around the campfire, and we decided, oh, we're going to stay up tonight. Maybe we'll hear it again. So we're sitting there talking about what it could have been, bobcats, owls, or whatever. I don't know. But it sounded, it did distinctly sound like a, a child screaming. <clears throat> so, of course, we, we, we decided to stay up for the night. And I don't know if it was a full moon, but I know it was bright enough that we could see the woods and the creek because we were along the Conewago Creek, right beside it. So approximately 1 o'clock in the morning, I was walking the perimeter of the camp, when I suddenly get that feeling like something was watching us. Now, you know, you get that feeling sometimes. I stood still, looked around, didn't say anything. So I got, I got back to the um, I got back to the campsite and told them, and I just felt weird. I mean, something might be watching us. Uh, so we all got I said, why don't we take a walk out a little bit? So we got up, grabbed our flashlights, got onto the trail and started walking uh, along the creek. And, you know, we didn't get more than 50 foot away when we recognized to our right, standing in the creek, which was really shallow at that point, some dark figure, large dark figure with bright red eyes standing in the creek. And by the time we got these the flashlights on this thing, it suddenly shot up into the air, like a, and you could hear the whooshing sound. And as it, it rise, you know, got higher into the air as it ascended, it screamed, and then it took off, and you know we couldn't see it, but we could hear it, and it faded away. So um, we get hurried back to campsite and started comparing thoughts about it. Uh, my buddy, he was shook. You know, he wasn't even talking. I actually had to prod him to get him to talk. And the other guy was pretty calm. And he estimated the thing was about six foot in height, dark in color. We all agreed that it had red eyes. But he mentioned something about some type of structures on the back, which I saw too. And I thought it looked like wings. But it wasn't unfurled. I mean, it was real close to the back. Mm hmm. Kind of like now, tucked thing, in the ready position, I guess. Yeah, and this thing, when it jettisoned up, I mean, it didn't unfurl the wings. So, anyway, th those two wanted to go and spend the rest of the night up the administration building. Uh, I wanted to stick around and see what the hell this thing was. and you know, But nothing else happened the rest of the night. So, um, you know, I... I I had known about the Mothman and all that other you know, wing stuff and all the sightings years and years before. And uh, and I really didn't think that's what this was, but I wasn't sure. So anyway, you know, that was, 2000, that was 1988. I didn't post the story about this until like 2008 on the blog. But when I posted it, I started getting all kinds of reports come in. And in fact, a guy that lived nearby told me, he said, that he'd been hearing those screams for years, didn't know what it was. And uh, he said he never saw anything, but he, he described it sounding like a child screaming. 
then I got a <laughs> I got an email from a scout leader not long after that. Got the other guy sent me something, and he told me he said that he and his boys had been out at the campsite at the camp, and that the boys came running back one afternoon and told him that there was a dragon that was about six foot tall with wings and a tail that they saw on the trail, and they were freaked out. He thought they were playing with him. So he didn't, you know, he didn't really take them seriously. He did go out on the trail and didn't see anything, so he thought they were lying to him. But when he read my account, and he realized he may have seen something. So now, since that time, I have re the Conewater Creek actually goes for quite a distance. It, 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 it goes a little west, then goes directly east and then empties into the Susquehanna River. Uh, I have received five reports over the years of a similar type being seen along the creek uh, in, in other locations. And it's actually seen to be moving its way downstream. Now, my investigator, who, my friend, uh, uh, Timothy Renner, who is part of my uh, the Fortean research team, he, he's been investigating an area called... Um, uh, Cador's Furnace, and it's not far from where the Conewago Creek empties into the Susquehanna, and he has seen a, and heard of a lot of phenomena in that area, too. And in fact, I had a witness who lived near there, near there, have an encounter with a similar being. So, I don't know what the hell this thing is. Now, people call it, you know, people in the area call it Old Red Eye. <laughs> well, it's appropriate. That's what, yeah, that yeah makes sense. that's what they've been calling it. So, you know, I, you know, I, the reports I got were from just regular people. So, you know, but it's, you know, it's it. The one thing is, it's very similar to what people have been describing out in Chicago. You know, I find it really interesting um, because I've, uh, you know, I've viewed, you know, some a good bit of Stan Gordon's work. And I know his, his, his particular, um, I guess you could say his, his area that he focuses on is the, the, the cryptid and, you know, UFO connection. That's, okay. it's, it's usually, and I, and I do seem to remember that there were a few stories and, and incidents, not stories. I don't like to call them stories because stories right. implies they're made up, but, these these incidents that people reported seeing a being, you know, red eyed being, and then of course that then of course the UFO, you know, the UFO aspect mixes in because they see both, and you know, oddly enough, you know, you focus on the Pennsylvania, on Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Gosh, I can't even speak. Um, pardon me, but you know, when people mention. Pennsylvania to me, I start thinking Kecksburg, you know, I start thinking that for starters and then everything else from there just, it, it just flows as far as my mind, you know, thinking about all that stuff. So I find it really, really interesting that you had that particular encounter. You watched this being just jump or take off into the air and just, wow, I, I, to me, I, I can't even imagine. Well, you know, Stan and I keep in contact with each other all the time. And, uh, 
you know, we kind of bounce a lot of this stuff off each other. And of course he, he gets a lot of reports out there where he's at. Uh, I did, in fact, I just got a, I just got an investigator out in the Pittsburgh area in the group. So, I, you know, we need you know, I've got several people in the state that, that get accounts and reports and are collecting it. And we need people to go out and investigate a lot of this. You know, Stan doesn't go out like he used to. Right. Um, but, you know, there's so much that goes on in this state. And, you know, yeah, Stan has been has been talking about the Bigfoot phenomena connected to the UFO phenomena for many, many years. And he's also been a proponent of the interdimensional theory. And, uh, you know, he used to get ridiculed about that. And I've been talking about that now for the past decade. I've been ridiculed by, you know, because of that. But I, quite frank with you, the, the, the Bigfoot community is kind of becoming a little more open-minded now because first they haven't found a body. They don't know what the hell this thing is. It's nobody's ever seen, seen a body. The evidence is scant. So where does that leave you? Is this thing a true being or is this thing possibly flesh and blood that comes in and out of another realm? Yeah, I, I'm with the latter versus the former because, mm -hmm. you know, the interdimensional aspect, you hear these encounters where people have, have you know, had the fortune or misfortune, whichever you wish to take, you know, they, they've shot and killed one and watched it drop. And of course, you know, we've, as we mentioned earlier, you know, if you get a body, the, the government's not going to let you keep it. No. You know, they're going to come in and sweep it up and and you'll be, you know, you'll be ridiculed, you know, sure. character assassination, you name it. They can, There's so many ways for uh, electronically, digitally to, to get at people. So the fear of losing access to your funds, bank accounts, you name it. Guess what? That's a real big threat. Most people don't want that threatened. Keep people in line. Yeah, keep you in line. And so... um. It, I would, yeah, I heavily lean to that side that it's an indimensional being and all these other strange, odd creatures, you know, a lot of them being interdimensional. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, deep state stuff, guess what? We've already mapped the human, human genome. So who's to say that we haven't, you know, we as a species, as a human race, you know, in those dark corners, back labs somewhere that they haven't already been messing around with cloning human beings and everything else under the sun. And we got a report about a, I wouldn't call it a, if I, if I remember correctly, I have to go back and look it up, but it was, wasn't it in Wales? Or no, it was. Uh, it was in Great Britain. It was in Great Britain. And they saw a, a, a craft and then there was a dogman type creature, but. I believe that it, it looked like it had like the uh, the normal the human the yeah, human legs normal body yeah that's what yeah. it was and it had like a snout mm -hmm. yeah, and we we covered that report and that was that was weird it was that an was, episode before yeah yeah somebody gave us that report so that you know and and then we have guests that come on and you know then they don't subscribe to the interdimensional type theory at all um we just had Ken Gerhard. He he said he stays strictly with science. Yeah. Well, well, when it comes to Bigfoot. Yeah. But he said Dogman. He thinks it's a supernatural being, but he doesn't think that Bigfoot is. Like Bigfoot is strictly like uh, evolutionarily, it's a it's a mm -hmm. creature that's evolved, and then he believes that Dogman is a uh, possible supernatural. Well, Simon Young, he he said the same thing when it came to his Yowie research down in Australia. He said that. 
he believes that they're flesh and blood beings. They're not interdimensional, whatever. But the the dog man thing, he said that he thinks it could the ones that they see in Australia. He doesn't think that they're actual flesh and blood. He thinks that they're supernatural entities that are demonic. And you know, of course, it, the, the list goes on and on. Lots of people say that. I mean, you know, uh, we've had lots of, of different researchers and, and authors and. A lot of different types of people tell us different theories and what they believe. And I, I'm somewhere in the middle of that. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. think that it's it, – I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like Tally from South Park. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. It's just so yeah, vast. I, I, yeah. You know, the, the – Definitely. Well, you're going to have to read my new book because I, I, I cover a lot of that, uh, you know, as far as the uh, – you know, aliens and uh, what what could have been and what possibly could have happened. Uh, you know, I, I do believe a lot of that is connected to what people experience now, even with large cryptid go. Um, now, I have a couple a of questions. For, I have a couple of questions for you, Lon. Mm-hmm. The first one being, you know, and, and these are two totally not really related, but the first one is, is that, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, you had your first encounter and you remember how you felt everything, the whole nine yards, right? And then your second encounter with the, the old red eye, as he, as he's known around there, and you said you you felt that way again, like you were just being, you know, you were being watched. Uh-huh. Now, many people report that. Is there, could you say that you had always felt that way or this was just something that, that, that hit you or... Or, or, I mean, I don't know. It, it's uh, maybe know, I'm not explaining myself. Some people do do express that. You know, it's interesting. A lot of the people, just like the the winged humanoid encounters, mm-hmm. a lot of people had this sense of dread when they saw this thing. Right. You know that they get that that sixth sense kind of heightens when they have an encounter like that. Now, I don't I don't know if it's because of the shock or whatever, but they do seem to have specific. Um, uh, feelings of uh, fear or dread or something's going to happen. Right. I mean, occasionally happens with people that have Bigfoot encounters. Uh, the upright canine, same thing. You know, but is that shock or is that just something palpable that maybe the creature's emanating? Yeah, that's what I was uh, thinking. You know, that could happen, and I've heard it many times. So would you say that uh, that's kind of, I guess what I'm saying is, once you've experienced it, it's it's there. You're always in tune with it. You'll catch yeah, you'll you'll probably. catch on that. Yeah, probably. Okay, that's that's I, I, that's very possible. I believe. I, I I think there's there's some you know there's some validity to that because once you've it's kind of uh, when they say you know once the rose colored glasses have been lifted off, you don't look at the world the same way. Oh, absolutely. And so that that opens up you know. Your synapses and your brain are firing differently now in order to process what you're seeing, this world around you. You know, I just I, I just find that really interesting. Secondly, the second question that wasn't related to that, um, you know, we were talking about all the interdimensional beings and, and all the, the stuff that's going on. Um, science has proven, and there's there's mainstream science articles out there that have proven that mental telepathy between people is very real. Mm-hmm. And though they've done crude experiments, and, and you can find it on the internet, I've posted a few times on, you know, posted the links on uh, our uh, pay, uh, Facebook page 
about, it, it was a rudimentary exercise. I think it was done by one of those big schools up in the Northeast, Harvard, Yale, somebody like that, or MIT maybe, but uh, that they put the little harnesses and they had two separate people, two separate rooms, you know, one think of something, draw it, and then the other one is supposed to pick up on it and draw it, so to speak. At the end of the day, the the, the, the proof that they, you know, all the data they gathered, it, it, it proved that it you know, it is possible, though in that particular situation, it's computer aided. But the fact that it is possible, and it actually happened, um, says a lot. So what this, you know, in this, seg- this is where you I'm posted segwaying. that on Paranormal Roundtable. I posted it before, uh, maybe on my my because I don't remember seeing that. But it, it's it's there. It's been around for about four or five years. It's but it was posted in a, and it's from a science website. Um, but what I'm getting at with that is when you think of, um, you know, when people think of UFOs and these extraterrestrial beings or ultra-terrestrial beings, you know, normally you think high science, super, super-duper, way-advanced science. And if they can abduct us, why not Dogman? Why yeah, not? Why not, why not yeah. Bigfoot? Why not any of these other cryptids? Well, I think that's the whole Dulce thing, too, that yeah. we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, so the question with all that being said, Lon, is what is your take on um, the possibility that dogmen or the upright canids are a product of, of maybe these particular... Um, you extraterrestrial, ultra-terrestrial beings that were brought in from another dimension or from another planet is—is is, you think that's a big possibility? Oh, I think it's a, it's a possibility. You know, I um, I used to. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with Jay Z Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah, about a year and yeah. Phenomenal. Anyway, phenomenal. You know, I I did a lot of documentation of what Jay Z looked at and you know what he saw and such, and you know between Jay Z. And a couple other people that lived that in that area, you know, they talked about this as well. That you know, though they weren't close to Dulce, who knew what else is out there that they don't know about as far as government facilities and such. So some of the strange creatures that are out there, and I mean to tell you, that Dene Navajo Reservation in. Um, in New Mexico and Arizona. The Four Corners? Yeah, has Mm -hmm. had some of the strangest phenomena I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And uh, who's to say that since it's so heavy in government land and government facility, who's to say that there isn't something that was bioengineered somehow and got loose or was released or whatever? Because uh, there are some very bizarre sightings of, of these, you know, Wing creatures, yes, canines, large Bigfoot. There's a lot of it out there. There's a there was a lot of it. You know, a lot of people talked about JC being just crazy, but I'm telling you, I you know some of the stuff that he and I had talked about over the years, and some of the witnesses who I talked to out there who were were all Native American. Uh, <laughs> some of it there there's something that's definitely going on out there. So. In in keeping with the the strange, um, strange being, strange everything, were you privy to being able to see that video that that or not video? I'm sorry, the the picture that was made its 
rounds through the Facebook and internet uh, about the supposedly, it was a picture of a, of a large, looked like 10 to 12 foot winged being, according to the person who posted it. And according to that person, it was, uh, it was around Mesa, Arizona, where the picture was taken at night. Did you ever see that one? You know, I've seen so many pictures. I don't know exactly which yeah. one you're talking about. Yeah, it's. I, I think if you look it up on the internet, it says the uh, Mesa, Arizona, or Phoenix, one of those, because they're all. It's all just they've grown together around that area. Right. But it, it was reportedly some guy posted. The guy posted this picture that was reportedly taken in Phoenix, Mesa, all that area, and it was this large. It looks like a giant, red-eyed, large winged being mm. out there. Now, as far as, you know, you were talking about Dulce, of course, yeah, they got the the Apache reservation out there in right. that area. And, if, you know, in the reports within the UFO community, you know, they claim that there is a large underground base underneath Dulce, New Mexico. And so, to me, when you <laughs> mention the whole plethora of strange and odd creatures being spotted in and around that area, not to mention the four corners in the, Nav- you know, for the Navajo Nation, I, I don't find that odd at all. And then you've got to think about Skinwalker Ranch. How far away really is that from when you, you know, you do the math, how far is it from this, you know, reported area where, or reported area that the uh, underground base is at around Dulce? I wouldn't say it's too far. but Well, it's considerable distance, actually. I mean, you got to go through, um, it's, it's up in uh, northeastern, uh, Utah, which you got to go through Colorado and up into Utah, but there are a lot of government facilities out in Utah mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, uh, you know, there's one out in Dugway. Dugway, Dugway, in, in my opinion, is probably the the new area uh, has taken over for what Area 51 used to be. Uh, I think some of the, the people I've talked to that have been in and around Dugway. Uh, there's something really bizarre out there. Uh, and it has been for quite a while, but it's, it's definitely ramped up over the last few years. Well, I know that, um, when I was, you know, when I was active duty and many guys that I'd spoken to that had, uh, went through, you know, the U S army ranger school, the, um, the desert phase used to, they used to go out to Dugway, Utah to train desert phase out there. And, uh, many of them I heard. In passing, many of them said, yeah, you know, if you really want to get your dose of radioactive and see weird kind of stuff crawling around on the ground, you know, you can find it out in Duckway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I never really, stories. And I never really understood what they were getting at. They never really alluded to anything in particular, but just the fact that they, you know, they phrased it that way. Just, you know, later on, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Later on, I thought... I wonder how many of those guys, I wish I could have asked them, see what they saw, what they experienced out there. But, uh, you know, strange and strange creatures out in that area, when you think about it, the overall, when you think southwest and overall picture of it, just, it's like a big corridor from the Four Corners, Dulce, all the way up to, you know, that part of Utah. It, it's it's amazing if you stop and look. Well, even the Marine many, Corps base, so 29 Palms. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard stories out of there that there's. And then you got Nellis somewhere. You got Nellis somewhere along the way. Well, Nellis is right. Is right. It's right south of uh, 
It's Nellis is south of uh, Area 51. Yeah, and so you got That's all the that staging stuff. point. That's yeah. Where, and, then, and then you drive, and then, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into all that, but. I just find it really interesting, and not surprising, though, with all these strange and different creatures they claim to see out there. Just due to all the the UFO-connected stuff that you hear about from out there, well, too. Speaking of flying creatures and yeah. strange encounters, all this stuff we're talking about, one of the things that we had gotten reports of, Lon, were of these, and, and, I, and I, like I've told the audience many times, I look for threads. Yeah. Like, I'll get a weird report of something. Somebody will send me something, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know what that is. And I'll just kind of file it away. Yeah, like your gargoyle-type creature that, stories. That, that was you what I was about to say. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Um, that was just about to talk about that because these winged creatures, and we got one that was like just, it, I didn't know where it fit in. And then I got another one. From Ohio, and there was one from New Mexico. Yeah, and, and then talking in that corridor you were talking about, and then another one from Ohio. But it, the, the creature sounded. I mean, it sounded like the same creature almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 uh, the way it was described was it was gray, ash gray. It had a bulldog type face, and it had these bat like wings, uh, very muscular arms, muscular legs, and the weird thing about it, it had a piece of chain or something around its neck like it was it sounded like the same creature you know and when you and and the these uh stories were given to me years apart like i had that that one story and i, and I never that sat on a shelf for quite yeah, a long cause time i didn't know what it was i didn't i didn't i didn't call it a gargoyle because i don't know you know no they didn't use the word gargoyle no None these people the, that wasn't it the second or th- or was it the third uh i can't remember off the top of my head if the third witness Said it reminded them of a gargoyle. The th- yeah, and I think that was that was my friend from the, his his people in in South in uh, in uh, Northwest Texas. They saw something similar to that at a football field. That was there was you know nobody was there. They were running the bleachers or whatever. They saw something on the other side. But what do you, I mean? Have you got any reports of anything like that that looks like that, Lon? Yeah, some of the reports out of Chicago were described as looking like gargoyle. Uh, there was one in particular that kind of looked, that was described like a gargoyle that was uh, perched atop a uh, street light or a, a street sign, you know, that came off of uh, uh, a street light, the arm off of it. And uh, yeah, that guy said it kind of looked like a gargoyle to him. He was parked, he was parked at the, oh, not parked, but he stopped at the crosswalk uh with the light and he it was in the evening he saw that thing sitting up there and he that's what he said it was gargoyle and i had a couple other people describe them as gargoyles makes you so, wonder doesn't it well, yeah. what, what did they say they looked like exactly like i mean yeah well it was, it was pretty similar to what the other sightings were but they they said it had a, a, a kind of a more squat head on it and um uh, it seemed a bit more muscular than some of the other ones were. Uh, but overall, it was kind of the same thing. It, it had red eyes, some of them, some of them didn't. So, yeah, well, you know, like I said, we we received, I received a lot of different reports. Uh, but for the most part, it was the same thing. And, you know, everybody has their own perspective of things anyway. You know, you kind of got to go by what they, they say and kind of figure out, ah, you know, you know, is it the same thing? But then again, I, I, I've been saying all along, I thought there were at least three of these things. 
So there could have very well been some differences to them. And that's weird that they would all be in the same vicinity. Yeah. Three different times. That, ha- that, that, that really le- lends credence to the idea that maybe they did come from some sort of facility. Maybe or they brought were brought here interdimensionally. Or, yeah, or they were brought, you know, something brought them here and then and they escaped or something. Or turned loose. Who turned knows? loose or something. Something happened. It's really interesting. Uh, but the one thing that I did want to ask you, uh, Lon, you know, Wolf mentioned those two sto- the, the two stories that had the identical little thread about this creature, gargoyle type looking creature had this chain around its neck as if it's like a pet or it's a, it's, a, it's an amulet or something. But the fact it that, was broken too. Yeah. Like it was hanging off the neck. Like, in, like when a dog, the way that the they described it too, was like a chain link, like a link chain, not like a, a necklace, mm-hmm. but like a chain, like a chain link, you know, mm-hmm. like you would lock something up with. I don't know. Maybe somebody's pet. Somebody's pet. They got away. Well, so, what do you think about that? Like, uh, go ahead, Sal. I know where you're going. No, it's just, you know, have you had any stories that come across with these weird little things like that? Because Wolf and I tend, when we get reports and people tell us their stories, we key in on those details because, again, the threads, the little threads that tie them together. And, and you know, that way it helps us to um, categorize everything into their own smaller niches within a large pool for lack of better words because we had uh remember the the uh mason county texas uh, mm-hmm. uh you know creature that these kids saw and that was a really strange one but at the end of the day and you know and i know we spoke with uh scott martis uh in a recent episode in, in regards to ancient uh creatures that used to roam you know here in the continental Pre-historic. yeah in, in the continental u.s i.e mm-hmm. north america and uh, in this creature, when we got this report, this creature, you know, sounded pretty, yeah, it, it, it resembled the way and we they actually talked it. about yeah. that with Ken Gerhardt, too. Yeah, we did. And well, so, what, what's, what's, what's interesting, too, though, is not, not just that, not just the, the Dinopithecus angle or whatever. You get, you know, like, like what Lon was talking about, pterosaurs. Yeah. I mean, you get these, these people, like in South Texas is where the ones we're getting from are typically in South Texas. I don't know what it is, but th- we're getting these stories of these things that look like pterodactyls. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know that's well, that's what south, we do. You know, <laughs> that area, that area from San Antonio south into Brownsville, and then over into uh, huh, well, I don't know how much far over, but that air whole area in there. You know, I probably get more reports from that specific area. Really? Anywhere else? Oh yeah, yeah. And I've talked to Ken about that. And I've actually sent him to some of the locations because, you know, I, I get a lot of reports down there. And, you know, I've had anywhere from little uh, roadrunner-sized T Rexes to, mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know, I've had I've had uh, winged humanoids down there as well. I had a, a winged humanoid site not far from where you guys are in, in Austin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I put down there and. I tell you, south of south of San Antonio is a lot of weird stuff. Then and around <laughs> oh, San Antonio, man, it is. Yeah. I get some other. I get a lot of uh, Bigfoot up into the hill country. Oh yeah, that's that's very I, common and, around here. And there's one area up there that it's an actual ranch, and I mean, tell you, this guy has been capturing images of these things for years, and 
it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, there's there's the Bigfoot activity in the hill country is just unbelievable. We we've had a couple. I don't know if you've are familiar with any of my work, Lon. I mean, like I said, I haven't been at this a long time. As far as like on the radio, I've done tons of research and tons of like Taking field reports. reports. Yeah, over the years, but hadn't really been talking about it until the last four or five years. But I did. I, I had a some stories that we got from some people that we worked with, and it, and me and the guys that that I work with kind of fell into this with these dudes because of where they're, they're located. And we worked with these guys for, I don't know, Anthony, how long did we work with before we actually, he told us the stories? Two years? Yeah, just about. It was about two years. And we worked with this guy. And then he comes on and, and tell, he comes and t- if he tells me, we started talking about it because he heard me listening to a podcast, which I don't do a whole lot of, but, and he started telling me, he goes, I know what those are. He didn't know what to call them. They didn't call them dog man. They didn't call them werewolves. He just he just had like, you know, he described it. And I was like, that sounds very similar to what a lot of people, you know. And so we ended up with th- with this whole like investigation, I guess. And so I did my own investigating with it. And I ended up meeting his uncles. And his uncle, well, he's he's deceased now, but he claimed that he had one of these things from when it was a baby, like a puppy, a puppy or whatever, and that it had lost its mother. And, of course, you know, all, all of, everybody that is in my inner circle, they've met these guys, I mean, and they've talked to them. And I, I don't think they were lying to us about that because they didn't know what the heck this was Mm-mm. until we had, you know. And so it was like, the guy says, I know, I know what that is. He goes, those, they look like wolves. He goes, but they're not, they can stand up. Yeah. They call them wolves. That's yeah. All wolves. That's all he said. And then Noah, of course he called them wolves. He, he mm-hmm. said they were pests. They were just pests to be killed. But his brother, his older brother had one. And so he had one for several years and he, he, it was like a, uh, they got used to coming around. It like was, it was habituated. Yeah. Habituated. Thank yeah. you. That's the right word I was looking for. Yeah. And he called it stripes. And, um, you know, of course I've got a lot of people that have speculated. I don't know what he looked like. I never saw it, you know, but a lot of people have speculated that, that because it had a certain stripe to it, that it might've been a hyena type creature. But the way they described it was not hyena like it was very wolf like. And these people, they lived on this ranch, you know, where, and it was, it was one time it was all one big ranch, but it had been partitioned off into like four mm-hmm. different places. And so they all lived side by side each other in these different land, um, different pieces of the same ranch or whatever. But it was in that whole corridor. Uh, it was sort of in between Austin and, and San Antonio going west. Like it would be kind of like uh, east of Kerrville, but then, like you know. So and then and then here recently we ended up uh, meeting a guy who who sent us you know some stories and he yeah his name is Ernest well, well we, not his real well, name well not his real name but we call him Ernest, Ernest but he yeah. and and he lives in that same area not not the exact same area but in close and yeah his grandfather's yeah got a place he out owns there. some some land yeah and he owns out three in or, that area he owns three or four big pieces of land but mm-hmm. in that area they have a piece of land and he's like yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. They've been out here for a long time. And not too long ago, I'd say maybe not even a month ago, I got a report from somebody who was out on the uh, on the river, uh, the Kamal River, 
and that they saw something on the bank and it looked like it was drinking water with its hands and it was very wolf-like and they said hand it had hands and so you know yeah you get these reports and and I, I don't know what that is. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea, like, why that area is so full of these uh, reports of these creatures. I don't know. Um, somebody had told me that there is a lot, and I don't know if this is the absolute gospel truth, but that a lot of the area between Austin and San Antonio is limestone in the south, a lot of it. Yeah, and, and, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, that they, and that there's something to the underground like there's a because i know there's a lot of caves yeah we got lots of caves caves. around here yeah yeah because there's natural bridge caverns Mm -hmm. and there's inner space caverns and there it just goes on and on Mm -hmm. but i i I, somebody told me though that that could be what where they come from cave system or use the cave system to to travel about undetected i mean they, they could live underground and they could come out you know and maybe that's why people think that they're interdimensional too because they pop up and disappear because maybe they can just go underground really mm-hmm. quickly. I mean, what do you think about that, Lon? Well, you know, any, anything's possible. You know, as long as I've been doing this, I mean, I, I there's very little that surprises me anymore. But I hear I have heard all kinds of stuff. You know, Texas itself, you know, it's so big, and there's so many different types of areas out there. You know, it, you know, I have heard really some really bizarre stuff from out in Texas. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we. And you know, even even talking about UFO and uh, a possible alien species as well. I mean, I mean, it's been a lot of weird stuff. Now, the Hill Country in, in particular, the, anywhere from that area between San Antonio and up into Austin. I, I'd say they're, they're, it's a mostly Bigfoot more than anything else, but it's a lot of Bigfoot. <clears throat> you know, you got all those, especially along the Guadalupe and, and, and those areas, it, 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 those ranches, a lot of them have had a lot of sightings. And when you're talking habituation, yeah, I think you're talking about habituation too there. Uh, <clears throat> but like I said, as you go further south and when you go further west into the panhandle it's a lot of weird stuff i mean just really really unexplained beings would it be something you would categorize lon that that um once you get the report and they and say the person reporting uh you know said cryptid uh would you say that a lot of those stories you would have to put them in their own tiny little category because they don't line up with uh, a lot of the main cryptid type uh, creatures that are reported. Yeah. You know, I got away from the main cryptid <laughs> a long right. time ago. <laughs> yeah. It was always just, you know, always just uh, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Then of course we start getting wing humanoids and, uh, Sykesville and, uh, monster. Upright, yeah. Upright <laughs> canine. And then, you know, now we can start and get pterodactyls and, and uh, little T Rexes. So I mean, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of different stuff that that I've I've heard over the years, and you know, it, but no, that, like I said earlier, Texas, of course, is, is has provided a lot of the more weird uh, sightings of stuff. Uh, and I'll, actually, I used to do a lot of haunting, uh, get a lot of haunting reports in the Hill Country too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, we have our own little spot stuff. here. Anything in the Devil's Backbone? You ever been there or yeah. heard, heard of it? Yeah, that's uh, maybe, but you know, it's nestled know. in the hill country. Yeah, it is <laughs> squarely there in the hill country. It's yeah. a very haunted place. Yeah, and, and we get cryptid reports out of there too. Yeah, it's, one thing we were we were talking about with Ken was that. It's very odd how the the reports we get from the Devil's Backbone is kind of divided. There's a there's a section of it that we get some Dogman reports and no Bigfoot, right? And then on the other side, the the, the larger side of it, it it's Bigfoot, but no Dogman. But no Dogman. <laughs> it's like they're they're divided. They they know. Like, the, they to know me, the, it's almost like the they boundaries. know boundaries. <laughs> yeah, there's like a boundary there. But then we also got Goatman stories out of there too. Yeah, it's Lon. You were well, talking about that. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we we. I, Butch and I noticed that. Uh, there's a delineation of uh, locations in Pennsylvania where uh, these upright canines and, and Bigfoot seem to stay away from each other. In other words, along mountain ridges, the uh, the upright canines seem to run along the ridge. And the Bigfoot are down the valleys. Uh, you know, the reports we get are very, are very rarely, for Bigfoot, are very rarely up in the mountains. But it's just the opposite for upright canines. Yeah, so I, I think here in particular, even though I think they're mostly supernatural, I think they, I think they do migrate. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think they do migrate to a point because uh, they, a lot of it seems a lot of it does um, seem to they do seem to travel along the uh, the Blue Ridge and from West Virginia up through Maryland into Pennsylvania, back and forth. So uh, do they do the actually on land, or they just do it inter- interdimensionally? Do they migrate? I don't know, well, but it seems that a lot of these stories, a lot of these sightings, are very similar. You know, that's I. I have to agree with you on that i've i've been a proponent of the migration and again you know we've mainstream science you know gives us you know um data on how wolf packs and how far their ranges are et cetera, et cetera. correct so when you think of an you know eight seven to nine maybe even 10 12 in some cases that people have reported you have these upright walking canid beings Covering fifty to hundred miles would be easy to them when you're thinking in, in in relation to what we know that wolves cover on the average, as far as a wolf packs concerned, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, that's that's you know, and with the Sasquatch, I tell people, you know, I'm of the opinion, and I tell a lot of people that I speak with that um, I look at them as far as having a culture. Um, think I think of them. More or less, as far as their migratory patterns, it uh, I would say it it um, it mirrors what the old um, the Iroquois and the Mohawk and all those back in the seventeen sixteen seventeen hundreds they would have their certain areas they would migrate to all year round in order to to you know not for lack of better words exhaust one area they had another area to move to and so on and so forth. And I know that's part of, uh, you know, that's in the history books of how they migrated all these areas. And I think the Sasquatch do the same thing, you know, so that way they don't exhaust an area. 
I don't know. I can't. I haven't come up with a conclusion or, or a position on if the dogmen do the same thing. But as far as covering a large, a much larger range than a wolf pack, I would, you know, I, I would be okay if, you know, I would speculate 150 to 200 mile range easily to cover, you know, as far as their home territory. Which brings me to the next thing. As far as migratory, um, you know, you mentioned caves a while ago, you know, lots of caves around here in Texas and in the areas you were talking about around the Blue Ridge Mountains and stuff. Do you guys have a lot of cave systems in and around that area and, and as well as all over Pennsylvania that you know of? Yeah, I, I think a lot of the, a lot of sighting or heavy sighting areas, uh, the upright canines do have a lot of caves. Uh, that's one thing we have noticed. Um, you know, a lot of old uh, coal mining, uh, a lot of old coal mines and such in these areas. Yeah, there's a lot of caves up here. That's amazing. Wow, you know, <laughs> I guess we've been going at it for a while, Lon. <laughs> and yeah. folks, it's been a whirlwind, you know, and uh, – Gosh, I think we need to have you on again. Now. Yeah, heck yeah. I the, mean, bo- the book, Alien Disclosure, yeah. and all of your other books. And like I said, folks. Go visit for, his website. For, for, yeah, for reference, if you want re- good reference, because mm-hmm. I've referenced that Penelope story a couple times. Um, I just went back because it was just so creepy to me. <laughs> it creeped, yeah, it creeped the, me out. The best out. way to find that, if you go to the website and on the right-hand column, just scroll down. There's a search tool there, and just put Penelope in there or Sierra Nevada, and just click it, and it'll come up. Wow! Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Adams you you are uh, one of our favorites because, uh, like I said, I've been reading your books for years, long time. Your 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 research, everything. Well, I'm working on another one. I'm working on a flying cryptid book now. Oh man, nice! nice. You got to come back when you get when you get that, and we and do okay. do some more talking. Yeah, we definitely want you again on me, the me show. Me and Armando awesome. aren't good for much, but we can talk. <laughs> we can talk to you. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's amazing though. I I, I am just like wolf. And where, and where can you get the books at, uh, Lon? Amazon. Just go to Amazon and, mm-hmm. and you know search Lon Strickler, and they'll all come up. Well, they yep. uh, uh, will. If folks don't go to Amazon, will they be able to go to your website and order it there too? Well, they can click. I, I have them up there where they can click it and uh, it'll, it'll take, take them. them to Amazon. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, there you have it, folks. Yep. So, Lon, it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's been a great pleasure. And I'm and, sure. And an honor. Yes. <laughs> that well, goes without saying. Me on here. Yeah, no yeah, problem. It's been great. And we do want you to come back on the show yeah, again. Yeah, anytime you want. Or if you want us to come on your show and. and and well, can, annoy I, your I, fans. I can definitely do that. <laughs> we'll come on and we'll we'll annoy your fans with our with our blabber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But gosh, yeah, this well, has I, been great. I, I'll, we'll do that. I'll uh, we'll pick some subject, cryptid subject, and we'll talk about them. Yeah, I'll bring on some stories that I got. And if you get any, uh, you need some investigations of Dogman, like the really scary, deadly ones. I'll send Armando out to do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf has already he's already made it clear as. You know, uh, crystal no, saying, we, but yeah, but before, yeah, but now that I got married, and now she's like, no, we're gonna go look for it. So <laughs> she's determined to get me killed. Oh, so. okay. So we've done a little bit of investigating. We've gone out yeah. and done some stuff recently. But hey, like you said though, what still holds true is the fact you said, look, I ain't afraid of no man, but this thing, it just pick you apart. There's like no way candy. because I know what it. It's set. You know, there's no way. It's just not 
no. Yeah. Dude. And I agree with you. I've never seen one. Haven't really ever had any kind of real paranormal experience, but you know, I'm one of those that I try to keep it on my mind and say, Hey, look, I wasn't there. And, you know, and of course, judging who the person is and so on and so forth. I say, Hey, I'm open to it because this world is full of mysteries. It is. It's it very is. mysterious. Well, I'd be honest with you. I used to do a lot of hunting when I was younger. And I spent a lot of time out in the woods and the fields. But I'll be honest with you. I I, I don't think I'd go out there anymore. No, me neither. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seriously. Because yeah. even the areas I used to, particularly areas I used to go into, uh, I'd really think twice about it. Yeah. I have to agree. Every time I go out That's right. into the into the woods, fishing or anything else like that, it's I'm I'm on alert. I'm hyper vigilant. And uh, like I said, not that I don't enjoy myself, but I always have in the back of my mind that you know, is this going to be the day I see something completely and totally you know that's not supposed to be you know on this realm in this realm of existence? You know, so you know it's kind of a it's one of those things, and you know, it, it's just been it, it's been a wild ride. So that's that's my that's always my take on it. Is I wasn't there, so let me hear them out. And if they're lying, usually you'll you'll figure it out. You can you know sift through all the BS and so. Gosh. So, anyways, Ooh. folks, check out Lance Trickler, his work. He's got mm-hmm. a lot of work. Arcane Radio, great show. Everything he mm-hmm. does, pretty good. So, yeah, Lon, and Lon, thanks for coming on. Thank you so we much. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Wow. Folks, all I can say right now is I am blown away with the amount of knowledge and reports and accounts that Lon has. It has been a true pleasure to have him what, on the show. What he brings to the table is staggering. Like, I, I, I really didn't. I knew he had a lot of material, but he can. He just has so much. Mm. And and I encourage everyone to go go to his website. I mean, check it's out not his hard. stuff, his blog. Check out his his mm-hmm. uh, you know his, his all website, the material he's got books. Yeah, definitely his books. I mean, some people may not find it very. Uh, you know, pleasing to go to the website and check all the stuff out. Get the books. I'm one of those people that I have to get the book. It's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that's just the way I'm geared. So the only one I haven't read is Alien Disclosure. That's well, I, that's you, the one, the, the latest one. Yeah, it's, I've read his. I, I like Ken's uh, work. I like uh, there. There's a, I read. I'm a reader, mm-hmm. and 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 Sal's the watcher. Yeah, I watch and listen to he watches tons the of YouTube videos, YouTube, videos yeah. and all that. And I and I do a little a little bit. Not I like a few shows. Yeah. And I mean there's just so much out there, but Lon is one of the heavyweights. It's got lots of Material. information out there. He's got lots oh, of reports yeah. under his belt and he's been doing it for a long time. So with that being said, folks, remember, you know, Phantoms and Monsters, Lon Strickler. It's not that hard. Put it in your search engine and boom, hit that enter button and watch it pop up and go check his stuff out remember kids you know enough (laughs) oh man (laughs) i tell you what my mind's still smoking right now so you know with that being said thank you for being with us folks and we it was an honor and pleasure like and subscribe das wolfman 88 at gmail.com and And wolf and sal at gmail.com have a good one